Hi, I'm Carla Hall of ABC's The Chew. You're listening to the SoCal Restaurant Show on AM 830 KLAA. Hootie hoo! And welcome back. Sadly, it is the concluding segment of the SoCal Restaurant Show, but the better news is, is we're going to be right back here with you next Saturday morning from 10 a.m. until 12 noon, right here on AM830 KLAA, the home of Angels Baseball 2024. Uh, And uh, Angels Cactus League play versus the Dodgers follows us right after the show today. Uh, And we're going to be very interested to see if Otani has uh, an at-bat. I'm Andy Harris, the executive producer and co-host of the show. And at this time every week, it is always my pleasure to bring back my co-host, Chef Andrew Gruel. Uh, of the Calico Fish House in the Sunset Beach area of Huntington Beach to his show. Chef Andrew, good morning, and as always, welcome back. Good morning. It's great to be back. Thank you, Chef Andrew. And we should mention that we're proudly presented each and every week by Melissa's World Variety Produce and West Coast Prime Meats. Um, Chef Andrew, I know that in your extensive repertory, including fine dining. Uh, You are definitely a burger aficionado. uh, And as a matter of fact, uh, in the past, you have had uh, a quick service burger concept that we're going to see, I know, more of uh, in the future. So you're a good person to discuss this with. Um, We just love trends, Chef Andrew. And popping up now on dinner house menus and above, is the classic patty melt. It, it seems to have done something of a return. Um, just as a baseline, uh, Chef Andrew, can you explain what all the components are in a classic patty melt? Well, a patty melt is just as it sounds. It's a, you know, a smashed burger. Not always smashed, but I like to smash mine. Just on sourdough bread, toasted sourdough bread, uh, you know, cheese. A lot of times it comes with caramelized onions. Depends on how the restaurant does it. But really, just make a burger on toasted bread. Now, would you do that typically with uh, an 80-20 uh, blend of, of meat? And I, I know you have some suggestions in terms of buying pre-made burger patties. So you can expound on that, too. Well, yeah, I always like to make my own burger patties because I want the meat to be as loosely packed as, as possible. The reason being is is that you really want to you know kind of get that beautiful malleur browning on as much of the surface area of the meat as possible. And underneath the microscope, you'll see that as you loosely pack your patties, you have more meat exposed as opposed to packed inside the the patty that is able to get caramelized, which is where you get that beautiful rich flavor. Uh, and for your classic patty melt, Chef Andrew, typically what type of cheese would you use? Well, you know, once again, I don't even know if there's a traditional on that one. Everybody's got their own favorite cheese from cheddar to Swiss to American on the patty melt. My suggestion, if you want it, if you want it to melt well, I like to do a mix of cheddar and mozzarella. You get a beautiful melt and creaminess from the mozzarella, and you get that rich flavor from the cheddar. Want to get some umami in there, throw a little bit of freshly grated Parmesan over the top at the end. But uh, I could be getting a bit, uh, bit fancy here. 
Uh, chef Andrew, as a professional chef, you are entitled to get as fancy as you like to. And um, a little tip that you recently shared on your uh, Substack uh, site in a video is uh, is a good way to get that cheese on that burger or that patty melt uh, is to grate it. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that because that seems to be a good tip. Yeah, well, I grate it and I grate it with a microplane, right? So you get that fine grate on there because then it's just going to melt a lot easier. And always pre-grate your, or grate your own cheese. I don't buy the pre-grated cheese. The pre-grated cheese is tossed with, you know, anti-caking agents, typically cellulose, which, funny enough, is actually wood pulp, um, scientifically. <laughs> yes. And it, 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 it prevents it from melting really well because, it, you know, you get the... You get that surface area of the pre-grated cheese. It's covered with that, those anti-caking agents or, you know, potato starch, cellulose, like I mentioned, and it makes it a lot harder to melt. So if you want a nice melt, use your own cheese. Grate it fresh right on top of the burger. Chef Andrew sounds good to me. Uh, now, are, are, you know, are you amused with the fact that the petty melt seems to be having a, a revival? Because it definitely is. Yeah, no, I've seen it more. Um, I think people uh, figure, heck, if I'm going to be spending sixteen dollars for a burger, I might as well have a little bit more uh, oomph to it on a on a sandwich. Uh, I get it, um, Chef Andrew. Uh, shifting to something that is a little bit more serious, uh, something that we've been talking about for months on the SoCal Restaurant Show. Um, are these mandatory service charges uh, that we're starting to see uh, on many restaurant checks. And sometimes in the fine print on the menu, when you get them, they do mention, you know, that 18 or 20% service charge will be added to the check. It's generally in very fine print. So most people miss it until they actually get the printed check. And then it's sort of, hmm, what's this? Uh, one thing that uh, we have pointed out is when there is a mandatory service charge that is on the restaurant check, that is also taxable. So there becomes tax on that mandatory service charge, where with a conventional gratuity, <laughs> there's not a tax added to that. And the conundrum becomes, you know, once you figure out when you see that 18 or 20% mandatory service charge, you're wondering, well, from the diner's point of view, is that all going to the server? And if it isn't, where is it going? And also, should I be leaving a tip on top of that because I want to make sure the server is taken care of? So before we move into Senate Bill 478, which takes effect this summer, let's talk about, from your point of view, that aspect of things. Well, I mean, just, you know, simply in each restaurant is different, but simply a service charge is not required to go to the server service charge can go to the restaurant. It can be distributed in any way that they determine. A gratuity has to go to the server or at least everybody in the service chain, from the cooks to the dishwashers, all the way up to the busser runner and the ser the, finally the server itself. Um, it cannot go back to the restaurant. So that's the distinction, I think, between the gratuity and the service charge. Now, in many cases, a lot of restaurants will state that it goes to the server, but once again, there can be some ambiguity there because does it go to the server directly in the form of a distribution or does it go to the server in the form of their wages? And perhaps a restaurant says that it pays higher wages. So you just never really know. I always like to ask, but the, you know, the, the, at the end of the day, um, 
a lot of this stuff is going to be required to be disclosed through Senate Bill 478. You just It's not eliminating service charges or any of these other fees. It's making you disclose them in, you know, so that there's none of this bait and switch. A lot of it applies to hotels, too, hotels, cell phone companies, not just restaurants, where you'll see, like, you know, nineteen ninety nine a month, and then you get the bill, and it's got, like, another $30 a month in service charges. So that's false advertising is what they're trying to avoid. Well, and, and Chef Andrew, from the, you know, the restaurant point of view, in terms of what I understand about Senate Bill 478, which takes effect July 1st, and you understand this a lot better than I do, um, the restaurant service fees, uh, you know, this is the smallest part of it. What it really is doing is, you know, banning unadvertised fees that, you know, you've explained where they, they came from and, you know, can also call them the junk fees. But at least in the terms of the mandatory service charges, uh, at least it lets the consumer know in the restaurant what they're up against before they get uh, the bill and, you know, see that 20% service charge uh, on that. So, you know, I know we don't want to be more over-legislated than we already are, but at least I think this is a, a good thing. And um, I know you agree with that. Uh, well, no, I, I don't agree with this legislation. I think it's unnecessary. I think it's gratuitous. And I think that as long as it's disclosed, that this is just more Sacramento legislation that's going to make it tough for business owners. But I do think that restaurants that puts, that hide the service charges should be penalized by way of customers not visiting them. I think it's absurd when restaurants do that, too. But I'm not a big government guy, so you're not going to ever see me advocate for more legislation. Uh, Chef Andrew, I get it, and uh, we will thank you and pick up the conversation next week. Food fans, that's our show. A tip of the toke to my co-host, Chef Andrew Gruel. My thanks to Tony here at Angel Stadium and Technical Excellence. Kudos also to Adam Bell on social media. We're right back here with you next week. We're proudly presented by Melissa's World Variety Produce and West Coast Prime Meats. Uh, Doctors in the Dugout will be back the first Saturday in April. Meanwhile, coming up next is Angel's Cactus League play. It is the Halos versus the Dodgers with Terry Smith. Good eating, be safe, and see you next week.